Today's episode is brought to you by Cattle. Every product launch faces a chicken and egg problem. You need reviews to convert, but you need conversions to get reviews. Cattle can help. Cattle helps brands win share. They leverage their consumer panel for insights, collecting receipts, and driving product ratings and reviews. It is the largest daily active survey panel in Canada, with over 10,000 daily active users and over 100,000 monthly active users. Let cattle be your chicken and or your egg, depending on your perspective. Visit getcattle.com to learn more. And then our son was born six years ago, Wilder, and you put a different set of sunglasses on or just a different lens opens up for you, right? When you have kids, start thinking about the future, start thinking about, you know, beyond you know, your lifespan and what, what you're leaving behind. And, you know, one thing is, you know, we felt good about being in the organic or natural food industry with ingredients of the snacks or any of the products that we were bringing to market, but everything was plastic. Welcome to Hearts and Carts, the CPG podcast, the podcast about the people behind the products that are winning hearts and filling carts. This cast is for anyone with an interest in the world of consumer products. We're your hosts, Justin Osborne and Alex Hill, and our mission is to bring you weekly content that helps you be a better and more informed CPG professional. Sorry, everyone. That is the sound of me enjoying snacks from our next guest on hearts and cards today we've got jeff Leahy, who is the co-founder and ceo of humble snacks you know them for the humble potato chips we had his partner alicia on previously and one of our favorite guests and just a product that we absolutely love so this episode is what we're calling two guys and a bunch of chips we're going to talk about chips we're going to talk about his business his experience and unfortunately, Alex isn't here for this one, so you're stuck with just me. Luckily, Jeff is an amazing guest. Let's get to it. If you haven't already, remember to like, subscribe, follow us on social media. And here we go. All in different shapes and flavors. Jeff, how are you? Justin, I'm doing great. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. The video just came on. There you are. Well, let me just sorry, let me just plug in. Sure. Been out and about. How was the day for you? Day's been great. Yeah, we got beautiful weather here, busy day, lots of meetings, but I've got a, a fun weekend plan. I'm going to Seattle with a buddy. So two of us are going on a bit of a what's a nice way to say bender? <laughs> I got like a couple days. Bender? I think Bender's Bender's a cute word, isn't it? I think it's yeah. Nice. I think that works, right? You know, when you're getting older, it's there's less times you go out and do things like that. So we're just gonna go down there and and see a see a baseball game and hit yes. some breweries and kind of enjoy life a little bit. Who's who the Mariners playing? Detroit. Oddly enough, they're playing the Jays next weekend. Oh, <laughs> so we didn't we didn't plan that well. And they had the All Star game last weekend. Right. So yeah, Alicia and I have this just knack of catching the Jays almost accident. I would say purely accidentally every time we would travel to the U.S. Been in New York, Chicago, Seattle, and every time the Jays would be in town. And like we did not plan that whatsoever. Really? It was almost to the point of there was a couple, you know, down years many years ago where it's like, you know, it'd be kind of nice to see someone else besides the Jays. The the Vernon Wells years and that kind of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Vernon Wells era. Exactly. Yeah, late yeah, late nineties and early two thousand basically like majority of my life. Yeah. <laughs> they were really good when I was a child and then they got good again as you know when I was in my twenties. So yeah, you know, all those young years they sucked. And I lived in Ontario, so I went to lots of games and, and they're like they're so much cheaper than a hockey yeah. game or a basketball game that you can go for twenty yeah. bucks and back then you probably go for they well they did Toonie Tuesday. Do you remember Toonie the Toonie Tuesdays? I, yes, yeah. I do remember Toonie Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. So these do stuff like that, which you know, if you're, I lived outside the GTA, but like it was so cheap that you go Where to 10 games Where did you grow up? Where did like, you grow? Like Kitchener, Waterloo. Okay. So you're on that side. I was in Durham region. I was in Whippy yeah. and Oshawa. So we'd be taking the GO train in young, young punks getting into mischief. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, so great day, exciting weekend coming up. How about yourself? I'm talking too much. How about you? Oh, good. Yeah. Same here. We've been... You know, it's always one thing or another going on. So we got a yeah. six-year-old. So 
tonight was soccer saturday it's baseball or t-ball and we've got some social plans as well but you know nothing too exciting i guess yeah we've got a four-year-old so i'm just a little bit behind you so i have we haven't got the age yet where he's doing like um any sports or activities really but even just like school and friend hangouts and things like that is already like the social calendars packed for him yeah no it's it's temptation is there to do it right (laughs) because they're because school is all about structure and whatnot. And I think there is, they do crave that structure. So giving them routine and something, but there's also lots to be said about just open, let them be creative and figure it out. And, you know, so, so we've got him in two sports this summer and I think that's plenty yeah. for this age, but he seems to like it. So see how it goes. Yeah. I, I didn't play a lot of winter sports growing up and I didn't play, I played soccer when I was really young, but didn't really play much when I was older and, and didn't play mm-hmm. baseball. And I remember asking my dad, like, how come I never play baseball? And he said, well, cause in the summer we wanted to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. That, that was a very, and I'm like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. I get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we like weekends, right? Like, you know, I'm like, okay, that seems we, fair. <laughs> yeah. Alicia played competitive, uh, Baseball, I guess, would have been fast pitch growing up as well. So we talk about our, our childhoods. We'd spent at Comfort Inn motels, you know, <laughs> for permits and whatnot. And it was like, I don't think we've been to a Comfort Inn in a little while. But then I remember with uh, fond memories of, of spending many weekends uh, yeah. and doing that with the ball teams. So oh yeah, anyway. yeah. Or you go, or you go on a U.S. road trip and get to stay at a bunch of hojos. Oh right, yes. as well. So, but. Yeah, well, thanks for thanks for coming. Thanks for taking the time. Alex sends his apologies. He wishes he was here. I know that he bought chips and prep for this. He told me he ate a whole bag of the barbecue two days ago. So <laughs> he, was, he was excited to tell you that. I've got, I've actually got apologies, apologies in advance to the listeners if I'm munching on chips throughout. But I've got a bunch here in front of me and I've got competitive and I've got yours. That's like, great. And, and I guess your old company you worked for for many years ago. I've got, yeah. yeah, I've got some sun chips here, which I haven't had in a while, but they're okay. great. Which got, flavor? Which flavor? That, is it the Harvest Harvest Cheddar, I think? Right. Okay. Harvest Cheddar's the flavor? Yeah. I've got some Miss Vicky's Barbecue. Yeah. And then and then I've got your original here. So I've got okay. sort of all, all three. And I've had, mm-hmm. I think I've had all of your flavors now. Including the honey mustard? Because that one eludes people. Yeah, so I, that is actually, you're right. I have not had the honey mustard yet. That was the one that Alex was talking about as well that he recently tried and loved. So that's the one I am missing. It yes. is probably probably the most underappreciated flavor we have in our short tenure. It's in low distribution across yeah. the country. It does well where we have it in stores. Unit velocity per point of distribution is very high. And it's, I think the honey mustard, I think just really shines on the potato chip. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, highly recommend our honey yeah. mustard. Yeah. That's, the one, that's no. the one that I got to get to. That's the one I got to get to. What do you got there in front of you? But yeah, I don't want to be a homer about <laughs> it because, you know, it's, yes, that's about snacking, right? We talked about how we should talk about all snacks. And so I kind of went through a little bit of my childhood and kind of through the years. So this is Skins ah. Cheesies out of Belleville, Ontario. It is the original cheesy, you know, from, I have no idea when they invented this. The packaging probably is still the same design that when they launched it. My dad, I remember being a young, young boy and my dad would eat these with reckless abandon. It was unbelievable. (laughs) We eventually like navigated to Cheeto, Cheeto Crunchy, which is also an incredible product, but like there's a, a lot of nostalgia with, with us and the Hawkins cheesies great product well i guess you're you know yeah belleville not too far off from where you grew up either so it's almost like a it's a local brand it's i guess oh yeah Yeah. oddly enough i think the majority of their business is in western canada like they do they do their gangbusters yeah i think i saw that many years ago and i was looking at their nielsen i haven't had any form of cheesies or cheetos or anything like that in a long time but i do remember them being amazing it's it's like it's close to my heart. When I worked yeah. at Frito Lay, I took a plant a plant tour in Cambridge, and I got to eat a, a Cheeto puff off the line. And listen, I I don't consume many of those ingredients these days, but I will tell you, it was pretty close to heaven. You know, <laughs> so it's so okay. it's it's hilarious that you bring that up because I mentioned you grew up in Kitchener Waterloo. I worked yeah. at that Frito Lay plant for four right. summers. I think I, I saw that deep and, down on your LinkedIn. Yeah, I worked there as you know, at the end of high school sort of and beginning of university in the summers there. And yeah. I ate 
many Cheetos off the line and can confirm <laughs> like it like melted in your mouth was the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever eaten. Yeah. yeah, it's dangerous. I don't know if they could ever bottle that up somehow and give people <laughs> that experience of fresh off the line Cheeto puffs. Cause yeah, it was very, very different, but it's yeah, cool plant. Yeah. So yeah, chips is sort of in my, in my background as well. And I've eaten way too many, but to your point, it's like now, how do we get some of those flavors, but maybe a little bit healthier? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so great segue, actually, because I think my first introduction to natural mm -hmm. snacks was probably circa 2004. I was a large format merchandiser early in my career at Frito-Lay. And I remember all of a sudden these particular chips and this actual flavor. So this is kettle brand, kettle cooked potato chips, yogurt and green onion. And they showed up like like right next to either the Miss Vicky's or the Lay's or whatever we were merging at Frito-Lay. And I was like, what is this brand? Where did this come from? Never had seen them before. And yeah. then there was also a sign on the shelf that said more flavors available in the natural food department, which also was, I was ignorant to that. I was like, what's the natural food department? What does that even mean? Anyway, I bought a bag, immediately fell in love. And I, again, had no idea what natural food meant at the time, what that was, but it was really you know, kind of one of those, you know, if I look back in the history of kind of me moving into natural food and particularly natural snacking, this was one of the first products that got me. There. So yeah, that. kettle, yogurt and green onion, highly recommend still a great product. What else do I got? So yes, from, from my former mm, employer, yes. hockey nacho, this is, it's so good. Honestly, yeah, like they are good. again, working at Frito-Lay, like Doritos is obviously like hall of fame worthy as far as, you know, a chip is kind of a product. And you know, we would, when I worked there, like several competitors would come out and I won't name the brands, but like, there was like, oh, this is a Dorito knockoff or a competitor to Doritos. And you taste it and it was like, oh, this is cardboard with some cheese yeah. flavoring. Like it was some, yeah. some bad products that were launched yeah. that were trying to compete with Doritos. And so when I interviewed with Amplify Snacks, which was Skinny Pop, basically Skinny Pop popcorn at that point, mm -hmm. and they had just acquired this brand called Pocky. I remember uh, uh, Mark Poirier, who was my would be my boss after I got hired. He said, oh, we got this brand we just acquired. It's called Pocky and it's going to compete with Doritos. And I was kind of like rolling my eyes like, oh, not again. I've seen this yeah. before, right? <laughs> anyway, so I said, okay, fantastic. And they, they flew me down to Austin, did the interview with the leadership team, you know, kind of basically gave me an offer on the spot. And I said, cool, like, well, before I accept, I need to try this Pocky product that you guys keep talking about. And I opened a bag and I was like, okay, the ingredients look fantastic. Very clean, non-GMO, project verified. It's opened a bag and I was like, okay, these guys are onto something. Yeah. I'm telling you. And Skinny Pop was already on a on a rocket ship growth trajectory. And I thought, well, this Pocky brand is going to be next. I'm pretty, I'm still a huge fan of the Pocky. Pocky and then I got two, I got little Neil Brothers, the Mexican huh? corn huh. chips. Oh my God. So good. Just so good. <laughs> <laughs> and Kudos to them, organic ingredients, clean, clean label, and amazing. And then this was my son's choice. It's humble potato chips, smoky barbecue. It's new in the new packaging as well. In the new packaging, which is just hitting stores right about now. I bought this, I guess I can't say the retailer, but at my lo local grocery store, national chain grocery store. Well, at my, my local national chain grocery store. <laughs> 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 It helps um, down, right? <laughs> so anyway, one of the guys that, you know, was in front of Congress, we'll put it that way. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, so that's, yeah, smoky awesome. barbecue. Yeah, man. Awesome. So, and, is, and is that your favorite? Is that your favorite of the Humble Snacks? It is yeah. currently. And it wasn't when we launched the brands, but so we launched about a year and a half ago and all the flavors have been truthfully a little bit of a work in progress, you know. One thing we wanted, we were conscious of when we developed these recipes was we wanted kind of a culinary flair. And, you know, our mm -hmm. brother-in-law, who's a Red Shield chef, Reiner out in Nova Scotia, he helped develop them. So there was a little bit of a chef kind of chef's kiss to each of the recipes. But it was also a little bit lighter in sodium, lighter in sugar. You know, we want to be a little bit airing on healthier product. And then, you know, but there was, you know, constant tweaks with the recipe, a little bit more coverage here, you know, ups and downs as we went. And I think right now we're hit a, we've hit a sweet spot with our smoky barbecue, no pun intended. It is, there's a little sweet, but it's, it's good. It's good. It's got good coverage and I'm feeling, I'm feeling real good about it. So I have been eating a lot of smoky. Barbecue. Yeah. You're a, I mean, 
your, your career, you sort of walk through some of the different roles you've had in companies you've worked for and products you've worked on. And like, I mean, you know, you've must have consumed a ton of chips. I mean, you're, you're working on a pretty fun category in terms of snacking. I, you know, it's, it's almost cliche that, you know, that I started a chip brand, you know, it's, with my it's, wife. It's like, wild. It's like, yeah. It's like, okay, you couldn't have done anything a little bit di- different. Hey, Leahy, like, you know, worked at Frito-Lay 10 years, then Amplify and all the rest of it. But yeah, I've always loved snacks my whole life. You know, like I said, you know, we were a very savory snack family growing up, you know, Hawkins cheesies and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. I remember being like a 12 year old consuming baked lace when they came out with it. Really? Thinking, oh, this is a good product. And people think I'm crazy for saying that. But at the time I thought, oh, it's nice. It's I wasn't different. a fan of those. Yeah. No. I get them sometimes with like my sub at Subway as a kid and was like, ah, oh, these are not what I want. I, I always had I was always trying to discover new snacks. Yeah. That was even to this day, I, I do love the discovery of some trying new flavor. You know, going to the US is a whole other, you know, like treat in itself, right? Because you get all this. All these other brands and products that we don't get in Canada. So, so yeah. Um, but it really like it was. I was kind of in between university, you know, in, in between years. My best buddy had passed away. I was twenty one years old. Took a year off school. Didn't really know where I was going. It kind of puts different perspective on you know what are you doing with your life. And so I took a factory job with my dad. We we're making windshields auto glass. Okay. And then I was like, okay, this isn't for me. Like you know, at the time making probably good money. You know, this yeah. was early 2000, I guess. I can't do this the rest of my life. So started going back to school part-time. Couldn't afford my rent in Ottawa, even at that time. And my buddy, Goran, still a great friend of mine today, he was a summer student with Frito-Lay. And he said, you know, you should work for Frito-Lay. You know, we drive a truck and merchandise chips. And I thought, oh, okay, merchandise chips. That sounds like a pretty good gig. And anyway, so he got me an interview, you know, realized it was a little bit more sales focused than just putting chips on the shelf. They called it a route sales rep at the time. I got the job and immediately fell in love with it. One, the fact that I got to work with chips, there was a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit selling for display yeah. and merchandising and driving a truck, you know, which at that time was pretty cool. And and then discovering like Frito-Lay owns Lay's and Ruffles Everything. and Vicky's and Fritos and Cheetos and Smart Food. And you're like, oh my God, this is all one big company. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and that was a revelation itself too. So anyway, you know, when you when you love a job and you love, you know, kind of what you're doing and the products that you're working with, you you know, things kind of your career kind of jumps pretty quickly, you know, and naturally, right? So it was promoted several times. It moved me to Toronto, got into accounts. It's calling on regional accounts in Ontario, and then I had a national desk there. And then, you know, the further up kind of I, I was going, it was like, okay, Alicia and I were dating at the time. And, you know, we had, you know, kind of going back to this whole introduction of natural foods with kettle brand chips, yeah. you know, we were starting to pay a little bit more attention to what we were consuming at home. And that may not have been, you know, necessarily connecting with the products we were selling at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, Alicia moved into natural foods first. She went to a company, Nature's Path, and kind of that opens an opportunity for me to jump in. And I worked for a company called Guru which is an organic uh, energy drink. Mm-hmm. Also a great product. I was their early days guru. Well, they were a rocket very, ship as well. They were, they took over. Yeah. 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 They were still, they were still early, earlier days when I was there. Still on just grabbing distribution. I was helping them do that. Uh, but I think they were still trying to figure out kind of what they needed to do. And looking at them now, they obviously kind of stepped back and did, made some really good, smart choices. Yeah. But, and then Amplify came calling and, took that product on and a skinny pop was an incredible brand yeah, yeah. was at the time was i think they had just got into costco in canada and i think uh, fortinos had just brought them in here within ontario and there was just a regional distributor and it was just like it was you could just tell it was just primed to go yeah right and so i met with those guys and it was just like you know tier one organization already like you know the people they had that they brought along you know coming from larger companies they knew what they were doing and they had this incredible product so so yeah so did that basically grew the skinny pop business launched pocky into canada because they had just acquired it and then more through more acquisitions you know old mega which is grass-fed whey protein bar bought tyrells which is a kettle cooked potato chip out of the uk so there's just a lot of snacks coming yeah, at us yeah and then we got acquired by hershey and as with all you know those acquisitions eventually they end up rolling back into the mothership right and 
and usually end up no. hurting the brand after yeah yeah, yeah well <laughs> yeah I'm not, I'm not here to you say don't have that. to say that you don't have to say that but uh, yeah yeah but anyway I, I stuck around for a bit and then it just got to a point of you know it was just the decision was to stay or to to come along with Hershey I, I just wasn't able to, to go we, we parted ways on, on good terms and I wish those guys good luck and that gave Alicia and I the opportunity to start on humble yeah and, that, uh, that's it, been it, that's it, been its it, own it's, ride it's an amazing like like we joked about this with Alicia like never met two people with such perfect backgrounds to start a very specific company like it's kind of wild like so that it's like how early on this thought process start of doing something like this because i mean you both have incredible experience both in like traditional cpg with like the biggest salty snack company in the world then mm-hmm. you know you both go into sort of more natural space still in snacking but yeah. you know alicia miller more in some meals and stuff too but a lot of snacking yeah. And, and it's like, you get, so now you've got the, the huge CPG experience, you've got the natural experience, and then you create this brand that is sort of a mix of the two that at the exact right time. So I'm just, it's like it truly meant to be. Yeah. It's yeah. The, so when Alicia was there with K-Pos and when she was on the broker side, she helped hard bite travel hard, oh, yeah. those guys get to national distribution as well. So she, she's quite versed in the snack world in itself. Yeah. When you're in it, when you're in the aisle, you're always thinking about it. Like I said, it's, you know, it's one thing or the other. But the one consistent theme that came up every time we shopped the aisle, every time we would bring snacks home was, why is nobody doing an organic or even just a natural, like non-GMO version of a light and crispy flat potato chips, you know, which the benchmark would be Lay's, right? Yeah. And and that was all that had been a conversation we had probably like almost soon after we left Frito Lay in 2012, like when we started wow, really yeah. paying attention, going to Whole Foods stores as consumers, and then of course you know with a sales you know kind of hat on, and it was like everything was kettle cooked chips everywhere, and we didn't understand it's not true. Yeah. Why you know more recently, and uh, anyway, and we kind of like well you know kind of like almost like. Like you joke with your buddies, but like Alicia and I would joke like, well, if we ever start a company, it'll be an organic version of this, like that kind of thing. And then, you know, that kind of time passed and forever. And then, and then our son was born six years ago, Wilder, and you put a different set of sunglasses on or just a different lens opens up for you, right? When you have kids, start thinking about the future, start thinking about, you know, beyond you know, your lifespan and what, what you're leaving behind. And, you know, one thing is, you know, we felt good about being in the organic or natural food industry with ingredients of the snacks or any of the products that we were bringing to market, but everything was plastic, plastic, this plastic, that, and, and not to, I'm not pointing fingers at any of my old employers. It's just the way that food is consumed Mm -hmm. well globally, but, you know, especially North America, you know, and we get to the point of like, we're packaging plastic within plastic, right? It was like, yeah. oh, yeah. You know, we got six small bags of chips, you know, all wrapped in plastic in a bigger bag of plastic. And <laughs> it was like, it just got to a point of, it just became really, like it started to hit you in the face, like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe we could do better on some of that, right? Yeah. And then uh, we were there for the Sun Chips compostable launch circa 20. And I'm not even sure. It feels like they were so they feels like they were so ahead of the times with that. Yes. And then it just didn't didn't take off. Like, it yeah, there obviously there's you know I'm eating one right as now. As you're eating your <laughs> chips harvest cheddar. That was I remember like that product was growing significantly, a big part of the free to lay growth plans when we were there. Sun chips and Ms. Vicky's both were, you know, kind of on that upwards trajectory. A lot of marketing dollars going into both brands. And then they thought, you know, hey, let's let's launch this compostable packaging, which, again, hearing about it more recently from some of the folks that were on that project, you know, the packaging just wasn't right, you know, mm. and I think, you know, I think the company, to their credit, took a chance on it. Like, it's, it's, it's hard to really fault them for it. Like, it's not, I'm not going to fault them for trying. I think, I think it's great. And it's the yeah. same, it's the same reason we tried and we've had packaging fails, you know, pre-launch and since launch, and we've continued to adapt. I'm a, I was a little disappointed when they gave up on it together, right? Yeah. And, and I understand, you know, there's there's a consumer, the consumer was giving up on the brand and losing some confidence and they, the sales were suddenly going downhill, you know, but it was, yeah, it, you know, I wish they would have persevered and kind of went through, but 
here we are. And I, I'm sure they're working on on their compostable packaging and, and getting coming back around on it as well. But yeah, yeah, it's so we were there for that. And so we like, well, hey, if it was possible 10 years ago, yeah, or, you know, you know, yeah. like, I'm sure the technology's improved. <laughs> uh, it, so and the answer to that is it had improved slightly for sure. The cost was, you know, a big barrier. So anytime we said like, hey, let's do this organic potato chip and compostable packaging, it all kind of came back to, well, I don't know if people are going to spend six to seven dollars on a bag of chips. Now, here we are, you know, in, in 2023 and all the bags uh, in the grocery store cost six or seven. <laughs> sure that's so true. <laughs> no one would ever pay that. They said, yeah, here we are. Here we are. Exactly. But anyway, so it, it just things kind of aligned. And I think we, you know, there's always this idea, this idea. And then Alicia had reached out to some farmers, farmer reached back out and said, Hey, I could grow your potatoes. And so that opened up the conversation. I remember my, so my last day signing off at Amplify Snack Brands, which was becoming the Hershey company at the time. And it was a Friday morning and did, did the last of my, see you guys later, you know, emails and all this. And I shut my laptop down. I was going to the UPS store or whatever it was to, to send my laptop back. Got that done. Had the rest of the day ahead of me. And Alicia and I went for a walk. And I was like, okay. Like, it was kind of like this, like, okay, we're moving on. And like the sun mm-hmm. was kind of coming out. Or it was kind of like this really weird serendipitous moment of, well, what's next, right? And Alicia's like, awesome. Well, I'm excited. You know, it's going to be who knows what the future is. And we kind of said, well, maybe we'll play with that potato chip idea. And I was like, yeah, maybe I will. I'll start making some calls and see if it's a viable business. Anyway, we get back later that evening. We had dinner. We put Wilder down. And then we got a message on Facebook Messenger from the farmer that Alicia had reached out to like two years prior. Wow. And it was like, yeah. hey, love to grow your potatoes. And we're like, and she kind of just looked at me. She's like, are you kidding me? The sign. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just kind of like slapped me. <laughs> Like yeah. you gotta, you gotta do this. Like now you, now we got to do this anyway. And so Monday morning I got opened up a new laptop and I was like, well, how do I start a potato chip business? How do you do it? <laughs> like, you know, I, you know, you work for CPG companies and, you know, I was in sales most of my career. And when you work for smaller companies, you get better perspective of, you know, how the organization runs. There's no doubt about it. Cause you're closer to it. But I was like, well, I need potatoes. We need, we need seasoning. And I guess obviously we need to fry it in oil and then, well, either we need to buy equipment or we need to hire somebody to make the product. Oh, and, you know, we got to do this in compostable packaging. So I got to find somebody that is certified compostable, you know, has a viable product. I just started picking up the phone, sending emails, just like one door closed, another one would open up and there were like, you know, this is, when was this? 2021. So still like pandemic times, right? Mm -hmm. People weren't getting out weren't meeting quite yet perfect time to start a company yep right you know (laughs) (laughs) and yeah it was just like well you know we don't sell organic seasonings and we can't make your seasoning blends because they're not certified organic but maybe call these guys down the street Uh, i think they do organic and it was kind of that mentality of uh, you know not just with seasoning and like other some of our other products it's like no we can't supply that that much you know organic oil for you but Maybe call these guys. And like, you know, I was a little surprised, you know, people were offering up their competitors referrals. Like, yeah. just, hey, just go call these guys. And, and I think within three or four months, we got, well, we signed the potato contract without having any distribution, which was a wild, like, I guess we're in now. Like we signed up for the crop of potatoes. Yeah. And it was like, well, if anything, we own a million and a half pounds <laughs> potatoes. So, you know, either we start making chips or shepherd's pie, like something's got to get there. Right. And uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of, kind of it all just kind of went from there. And it was just like, you know, we got somebody to make a a batch recipe. Ray Woody did and he helped us out. And then we started, I had like, I was driving to like buyers houses, right. Cause everyone was working from home. Yeah, that's right. So I'd be going to, you know, and one buyer I knew from Loblaws and she was in Orangeville and this person was here. And then, I'd be driving around and I'd have my mask on. Yeah, yeah. I'd be ringing the doorbell, like still social distancing. This was a weird time. And just dropping off like literally like a paper bag of potato that we had. And that's kind of how it went and did the same. Dropped it off at Whole Foods, dropped some off at Unify. And kind of everyone got like a batch of test samples. And then I think, you know, one, I think the chips were good. 
Um, and then I think there was also a lot of trust built up from our relationships, Alicia and I, that we had, mm -hmm. you know, obviously our careers, you know, selling them Skinny Pop or Nature's Path or Amy's or, or any of the products that we've, you know, touched on over the years, right? So, yeah, it was just kind of all of a sudden, you know, it was like, hey, these chips are good. Let's have a meeting. And like 12 hours later, I was on, on a Zoom call with Whole Foods and, you know, signed up on the spot. And he's like, when could you, when do you have a viable product? Like, when can I see the packaging? I was like, okay, goodness gracious. Like, <laughs> I got to sign that deal with that co-man. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, almost too fast. It's like, I'll get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wow. anyway, so then, yeah, so we got a, yeah, so we had a product. Like we had like suddenly demand. We had picked, yeah. the, you know, got the demand there. And so we, you know, made the arrangements. We did some test runs with our, with our co-man. Alicia told you like our first run of packaging the problem was not, with that, yeah. not great. And so it was just like, you know, there was the ups and downs and the stress, right? Like we put our own money into it, you know, and then course, we started yeah. raising funds from investors and like it was, yeah, it, was, it became real very quickly. It became real. But anyway, we got it. We got it into the market January yeah. 2022. And and since you, yeah, yeah, yes, and since yeah. you've gotten it in, I mean, it's. I think whenever you're delivering a bag, like a brown paper bag of a product, to a buyer's house, yeah. and they try it and go, "Yes, I want that." That's a really good tasting product. <laughs> like like if you can do that, because not very many products would pass that test. Yeah, and that was all. So two. So two. Two people that were in, almost exclusively responsible for that, you know, outside of just Alicia and I just having the idea was one, our brother-in-law, Reiner, because he helped create the recipes for the seasoning. Yes. So that was a key component. And then Ray Woody, who is the owner of Ray Woody's Craft Chippery. And if he's in KW, like Kitchener Waterloo area. Yeah. So, and he's got like more like a restaurant style potato chip eatery kind of place. So you'd go into his restaurant mm -hmm. and he's making potato chips like right there in the restaurant and he would serve them almost like nachos or he would season mm. them as you need. He's got all kinds of seasoning. Um, they wouldn't be organic or anything, but yeah. So, and he helps make our first batch of uh, humble potato chips. That's awesome. So, yeah. So if it wasn't for those two, Chef Reiner and, and Ray Woody, we wouldn't have those paper bag potato chips. That, that's amazing. And, and maybe just quickly, like where can people find your products now? I saw the exciting news about Whole Foods USA. Congratulations. That is yeah. freaking amazing. So yeah. happy for you and and like where else? Yeah, not an exhaustive list because we'll be here all day, I think, because you're in that many stores. But what are some of the big ones that people go find your products at? Yeah. So, so the first the first uh, retailers that brought us on were Whole Foods here in Canada. The sweet potato was actually the first mm. retailer that had us on shelf in Toronto. Uh, a tremendous amount of natural food partners, you know, from goodness me, choices. And I don't want to leave anybody out, but you know, the natural food yeah. channel has been a big support and we really appreciate them. Loblaws banners, so that's including of market, you know, Zare would be a big supporter regionally around here for us. Real Canadian Superstore, and then of course, Quebec, Provigo, Maxi, etc. As of last summer, we're in most Sobeys and Safeway stores uh, within Canada. We're in IGA in Quebec, and then Metro in Quebec, and very soon Metro in Ontario. So, yeah. yeah, so... So yeah, so it, I would say a good amount of stores within Canada. We were pretty conservative with the U.S. at first. There was demand coming for an organic potato chip and compostable packaging. We'd get emails, asks mm -hmm. all the time. So we did kind of a test market in two unified DCs in the Northeast, mm. just kind of Northeast, North Atlantic area. And then we were in touch with Whole Foods from the beginning because Rob uh, Luscombe, who's uh, I think he's a director now at Whole Foods Canada, and he kind of referred us into the U.S. He goes, you know, this is something my partners in the U.S. would get behind, might be interested in. So, so thanks to Rob, we got an introduction, and then we started having conversations with with Adam and then David Lafferty, who's a VP of merchandise as well. They came to see us at CHFA West in Vancouver, and then that's where that conversation started. But we were early, yeah. we weren't ready, and it, it took us probably, well, you know, we started that conversation April 2022. Actually, probably just before CHFA, but like, yeah. And now we're launching July 2023. So, wow. like, yeah. part of a year and a half, which, yeah. you know, maybe that's quick, maybe that's not. I don't know, but it, it takes a while to, to get into secure Whole Foods US business. And yeah, but anyway, so that's our distribution. So, in grocery stores, obviously in the natural food department, that's where you'll find us anywhere from four to five flavors. Awesome. I love it. And 
And maybe we just like quickly double down on like the reasons that people should buy them. We talked about them being delicious and the flavor yep. profiles. We talked a little about the compostable packaging and organic. Anything mm -hmm. else you want to highlight with them? It is a clean ingredient, light and crispy potato chip. So I think sometimes people are a little tired of potato chips being overly crunchy, overly mm -hmm. oil saturated, which sometimes have happens with cow cooked products. There's a lot more oil that holds on to the potato. Uh, and, you know, they're trying to make it crunchier, right? And some people just aren't really into that texture or that particular you know, experience. So if you want something that's light and crispy, but still packs a good, powerful flavor punch with clean ingredients, and you want to get behind a Canadian company that's family owned, that's Humble Potato Chips. We're there for you. I love, we're there for you. I love that. That's, that's yeah. great. Yeah. I think that it's one of those categories that, I mean, I don't imagine 99% of people like chips, right? And what they don't like Hi. is like how unhealthy they are for you. So when you have a better for you chip that they can still enjoy that experience, like that's, I think, why people are gravitating towards it so much. For sure. And I think we, we have, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Because the household penetration on a, you know, on a snack bag, like you said, probably almost 100%. You yeah. know, a lot of people are doing it. But there's, we've also really hit a nerve with, with, consumers that have said hey like i've been really paying attention to our sustainability mm. at home and trying to reduce plastics yeah and so we just stopped bringing chips into the house and i was like okay like you know and they're like so thank you like i can buy your chips and feel good that i can yeah. put them in the green bin or i can put them in my home compost and they're going to turn into dirt and that's great so now we're back because you know making my own chips is not easy <laughs> so yeah that's what yeah and then we had people that you know, are, you know, to what I said, like they love the texture that it is, you know, a clean ingredient version, you know, of the global largest potato chip brand, you know, and then, then there's people that, you know, would stack it up and say, Hey, this is a great potato chip brand. And it's from Guelph. Regard, you know, yeah. It's a local company yeah. and it's a family run business. And I can get behind that. I think we did a lot of sampling and demos in stores, like ourselves, Alicia, myself, Dan, who's our sales manager, Alicia's brother, my brother. And, you know, we'd say, yeah, we're, we're just from Guelph. It's like, wait a second, you're the owner of the company. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing a demo. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, so you're, you are the company. I was like, yeah, well, like myself and my wife and my brother-in-law, like there's three of us. And they're like, but hold on, like, you're not like a demo staff. I was like, no, like, you know, we do have, sometimes we have to hire demo staff too. And I was like, okay, like and they, they can put a face to the brand. Yeah. Right? And they're like, so where are you from? And then they're looking, it says Guelph, Ontario on the back of the bag. It's like, well, you know, 40 minutes, like they, they can just, they visualize it. It's a tangible thing. It's not a company. It's a yeah. person, you know, behind it. It's family run. And I think, I think a lot of people really like that. There's certainly, a, you know, there's lots of talk about local and supporting local but I think just like people understanding where food comes from, I think mm. is, is really big right now. And so when you can say, hey, our potatoes are grown an hour and a bit north of Toronto, you know, and then they are made in Mississauga, 20 minutes of Toronto or the next town from for a family run business that's based you know, 45 minutes west of Toronto. You know, I'm using Toronto as a benchmark because, you know, just so everyone knows where it is. Yeah, like, you know, it's a local product. Like, you know, that's that's yeah. the story. Like, it's not big company, big this, you know, and ingredients, you know, that we don't know and can't pronounce. It's it's pretty simple. It's potatoes, it's sea salt, and it's organic oil. Yeah. And that's humble, original, incompostable bags that go away. They don't just degrade into microplastics. They turn into dirt. Yeah. And we can repurpose that soil you know, and they can go back to the farm or wherever it needs to go, your home garden or whatever it is. And I think, I think that it's a story. It's hard for us to tell, right? It's because it's, mm -hmm. it's long. It's not something that's a catchy slogan, you know, or, or can be summarized in a catchy slogan. But I think people, when they hear that, and that's why we love to demo and like myself, Felicia and Dan, and we're the ones telling the story. People are like, oh, okay. Get it. Yeah. I get behind that. Right. And that makes sense, you know? Or, you know, we start talking it. So it's, there's multiple angles on, on humble that I think that I think it's that, you know, one, it's, it's purposeful that we're very, like the product is not confusing. It's potato chip, right? I think that's the thing is like, if we were to launch a, some snack that was, I don't mean to, you know, just so different that people hadn't, that weren't used <laughs> like, to, right? Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of different snacks right yeah. now, especially in the natural space. And it's almond flour, extruded puffs or whatever it is. And 
that's great. And it's the paleo this and all that. And those are great products as well. But like, I think it's, it's kind of niche, niche. And like our product is like straightforward. It's, it's potato chips. It's a light and crispy product. It's just like the number one selling product in the world of snacks. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. It comes clean ingredient. It's organic family run business. Oh, and by the way, it's compostable. Right. And I think that's why I think, I think we have a chance to, to really do something. It's the, the product is straightforward. And I think some teaching and some adoption and education on the compostable packaging side needs to happen and we're working sure. on it, but yeah, so hopefully it's got a chance to do something. Yeah. I love that. And as someone that has sort of like, I don't know, plastic or packaging guilt, because, you know, I spent a decade pushing products in, in plastic. I, I think what you're doing <laughs> right. is very admirable. And I think like, you know, you having a, a six-year-old child and I think about this with my four-year-old child too, is like. How can you use some of your skills that you've developed over your career to to just make a little bit of difference, right? And I think what you're doing is more than a little bit. It's it's a huge difference, and so it's it's very very exciting and also like uh, just admirable. Yeah, I think so. It, this all started to when Alicia and I worked for other companies. We mm-hmm. asked the question, right? You know, I I remember specifically asking a question to one of my former employers, like, "What are we doing about packaging?" And this yeah. is you know many years before. Humble launched and, and kind of like, this is again, no slight on anyone, but you know, the kind of the, the VP of marketing or whoever was at the time, it was like, yeah, like nothing. Like it's like, and not like, as in like, we don't care about the environment, but like, it was kind of like, well, we don't know what to do. It's not in our, you know, five-year, you know, plan or whatever. And okay. And, you know, and honestly, consumers don't know about it. Why Mm. should we do like, why should we be first kind of idea? Right. And I think it's, you know, I wish companies didn't think like that. And I think now they are starting to think, well, you know, what are we going to do? But I think if so, you know, and I, a little ignorant to who all listens to this podcast, but I assume it's a lot of industry folks. You know, I think if you're working for a company, either if you're an entrepreneur or just working for a company, I think we should be asking those questions to our employers. Yeah. You know, hey, what are we doing about this? You know, how can we do this better? Or, you know, bring ideas to the teams or to the, to the companies you work for. I think that's our responsibility to do. And then, you know, and on the consumer piece, what we also found out with launching this product is everybody is looking to do better. Like, I think they are. I think, you know, for the most part, yeah. you know, I think most of us have kind of gone, okay, climate change is real. You know, <laughs> the Gulf of Mexico was on fire last year. Like something's, there's a problem. Like, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like Northern Ontario and the Quebec. Like, this year, yeah. Everything going on. So I think we're all kind of like, okay, like something's got to give, you know, what can I do? And I think people are a little stuck. You know, what can I do? They, they don't know what to do. Well, I only have so many options. So I think when we presented them with as a potato chip in compostable packaging, it's like, oh, fantastic. I can just buy this product and just switch, you know, from this conventional plastic product to this compostable product. And it's easy. Yeah. People yeah. are looking for small things they can do yeah. that are easy for them to make changes to their lifestyle, you know, for their family, for the betterment of the planet. And then that makes them feel good. That they they do absolutely and that that yeah. builds right it builds momentum within the household and within their family unit and then they start telling somebody else you know hey well that's you know here's what we're doing is you know we're reusing our glass bottles and we're going to the shop and putting shampoo in it or whatever it is like there's there's all kinds yeah. of different ways that we're doing things that are going to help us you know kind of move away from conventional plastics and whatnot but it's all around us like it's hard to it's hard to be saying hey my family's plastic free like i don't think anyone can say yeah. that it's not going to be possible yeah yeah but i think everyone's looking for something to do to help them along and i think if more companies are giving them options i think it'll start to build and hopefully it builds quick and we start to move a little faster but at least at least we're moving in the right direction incredibly well said yeah i think that most people are. I think the some of these challenges are so overwhelming that people are like, yeah, analysis paralysis almost like they don't know what to do, right? So if you present them the option, they'll they'll pick the thing that they can feel good about that is better for themselves, better for the planet. Like they will pick that choice, but it's just, is it available and how much, and do I have to sacrifice? They don't want to sacrifice, right? They want it to taste just as good. They want it. So, so if you can do that for them, then the decision becomes easy to grab your chips, right? Because it's, they're not sacrificing anything and they can feel good about it, which is a great combo. That's, it's really the key. And, and even as I was, we were selling organic and better for you products. So packaging aside, people are not willing to concede on t- it's still right? food, right? It's still it's food. Still, you know, like 
okay, it's better for me and it's cleaner ingredients and it's, you know, it doesn't have any artificial flavors and chemicals or, you know, whatever the, it's gluten-free or whatever it is. It needs to taste good, yeah. right? It does. Like, it's yeah. just, that's just like, kind of like foundationally, like baseline, it needs to taste good. And then, and then you go, for it, right? So yeah, it's, that's important. And it's, you know, so for us, it's been, you know, equally important that we figured out this compostable packaging thing, because that's been evolving over the last couple of years to a good state of where we're at now with a great composition. But also like we are continually looking at our product and in the seasonings and we optimize it to get more flavor. How do we, you know, certainly make it with less sodium, but also taste more delicious and the thickness of the chip. All of those things are always on the table and always under the experience is still going to be, oh, does this taste good? Or does, yeah. you know, do I just go back to conventional chip that's in plastic packaging? Right. So that's the burden that we have too. It's mm -hmm. like, it better be good because otherwise <laughs> you're right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They have yeah. a bad, ex we saw that with some of like the, um, the, you know, vegan meat, right. That people tried right. and it didn't stand up and now they're not going to go back. Right. And now if yeah. new products come out that are amazing, yes. they might not go back because they had a bad experience. So you're right. There is, there, there is a burden there of like the product needs to deliver and, and you're leading that charge on, in this area. So that is a burden, but I think you guys are doing a, an incredible job of it. So I don't have any, oh, I don't have any you. concerns there at all. I appreciate that. Yep. We talked a lot about chips at the beginning of the conversation and different snacks that you had, you know, throughout your life. And I love that because I think like your food journey is part of your, your own life and like it shapes who you are as a teen, as an adult, what you're giving your child, you know, throughout and, and what you do for a living as well. And it has for me as well, but outside of sort of the snacking space, cause you have so much like direct work experience and snacking mm -hmm. what is like brand out there that you're looking at and going wow these these guys are are crushing it they're doing something truly amazing and we've had a guest say your brand actually oh so, wow and so I'm, I'm curious to hear wow. what what yours is well that is that's humbling obviously no pun intended there for, <laughs> for someone to say that so thank you to that person um, a brand i i really admire and love what they're doing is Tony's Chocoloni, mm. chocolate bar brand, confection brands. And their whole thing is, and they're being, and I love how direct they are. And they're saying, you know, we're trying to eliminate, you know, the unfair, you know, labor standards with harvesting chocolate, okay. you know, and, you know, that, that goes really deep, you know, obviously on a social, economic, you know, racial piece, yeah. there's a lot to unwrap there. And, you know, and they're doing it, you know, on the foundation of this incredible tasting chocolate bar, you know, that's, you know, I would say, well, it's, it's fair, fair trade certified, but I think it goes beyond what they're doing is they're also just trying to expose kind of, you know, how harmful the supply chain is in, in cocoa yeah. and in chocolate. So love that brand. It's, it's near and dear to me for a couple of reasons. One is I, although I'm a savory snack guy, I have developed quite a sweet tooth over the years <laughs> as I've aged. Uh, they're a brand out of the Netherlands, and I was born in the Netherlands, so okay. fellow Dutch company, I could get behind that. And, and their packaging is really cool. It's fun. It's retro with the fonts, Tony's, this and that on it. So great colors. So there's a lot to like about that about that product line, especially what they get behind. And I think as far as like a marketing and, and how they go about it, really admire it. They're very bullish about it. They They admit, I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. You know, I think, that, and I'm not, I can't, I don't want to speak for them, but like they're, they basically have like a, a scorecard that they're publishing to their consumers. Like, Hey, we're, oh, I love, you that. know, 80% there, you know, to, you know, exposing our supply chain, you know, all this to, to get to, you know, you know, a standard of, of labor practices and, and trade that they feel they're comfortable with. Mm. And uh, so I, that's a company I could get behind for sure. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. I love that. Like a lot of companies talk about transparency. I think a public scorecard is like that's yeah. the next level of transparency. <laughs> that's that's super cool. I think it's I think it's honest, you know, like, you know, we're hey, we're organic and compostable, but like, you know, we can do much better as a company too. And I think I think I think we need to be honest about how we can improve, right? Like we look at we're looking at things now. So, you know, in the spirit of being honest. So like all of our palettes are wrapped in like plastic wrap. Yes. You yes. know, that's how we have to ship everything. And it's just like, okay, well, what can we do about that? Yeah, that's a great our, one. You know, our bags are compostable, but then, uh, you know, we're shipping our products like this. Like it doesn't make sense, right? So 
you know, so we're not perfect either. And, you know, and, but I think we just need to start challenging. We start asking questions, you know, pressure our vendors, like, Hey, like, do you have something that's a little bit more sustainable? And yeah. you know, so we're looking at companies that are, you know, paper-based wrap and is that something we can use? And so we're testing all kinds of different things like that. Yeah. So that's kind of my, my other thought on Tony's was it was just, it's humbling. Like it's, you know, we're doing yeah. great and we're, we're moving this forward and we're pushing the boundaries, but also we know we're not perfect. And here's where we're at on our goals. Yeah. I think yeah, that's cool. I love that. I think that's so cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to get some of that for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, you've been gracious with your time. So last question and, and we'll mm-hmm. let you go and enjoy your evening and, and eat some chips before bed. But <laughs> last question for you is, is you've given advice throughout the conversation, I think some fantastic advice about asking questions and challenging the status quo. And mm-hmm. uh, if you were to talk to, you know, yourself 10 years ago, you know, or somebody else that was, you know, early in their CPG career or wanting to get involved to be a founder, like what type of advice would you give them to, to be successful? Something that you've learned along the way. To be a founder? Is that like, yeah, to be a founder or even to work in big CPG. Like if you wanted a career in this type of space, you know, what advice would you give them? Yeah. One thing that always, you know, this is hard, right? When you, if you're working in big CPG, I think, most of the companies now are conditioning their employees to, I hate to use this terminology, but like kind of march the way that they're asking you to go. Like, you know, and I think it's important that we stop doing that. I think it's important. And I think a lot of the more progressive companies are reacting to this and I think adopting this too. But like, when you start challenging the status yeah. quo, start challenging the way we always do things. Yeah. Well, why do we always give this trade rate? Well, because this, <laughs> we know that's, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, why don't we yeah. do it this way? So, um, I'm really a big believer in trying new things, challenging status quo ideas. Don't do things just because of the, just for the benefit of, oh, this is the way it's always been. And, you know, I've been here 25 years and this is the way it is, you know. And I think hopefully that person, I can hire somebody because I'm, you know, a little bit more mature in my career now. Hopefully I can hire somebody that's going to challenge me in the next yeah, couple of years. Yeah. Like, hey, Jeff, why are we doing this at Humble Snacks? I'm like, well, this is the way we've been doing it you know, since we launched the company and then they can say, well, have you, Yeah. what if we do it this way? And, and hopefully I'm responsive enough and, uh, you know, to, to listen to that. And that's, that's the person I want to be, but that's, I think I would give that offering. And I think that's very, maybe just general advice, but like, I think it's just always be cynical, always be critical. I think it's important. I think it makes the companies we work for better. I think it makes you sharper yeah. more well-rounded when we're looking at things more holistically. I think it's important. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's almost like the, the curiosity or the creativity that like a, a child has, right? Like my son will ask me yeah. why, and I'll answer just this. They go, why? Yeah. And I go say yeah, something else, this. and why? And it's like, well, that's just the way it works. But why? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> you start to go down that path, and it's, and it's like, yeah, why are we actually doing this? I think the phrase, we've always done it that way, is one of the most like dangerous phrases that exists at work, yeah. right? Because it's just like accepting that we don't really know why. And yeah. it's, we're just blindly following it. And it's used a lot, unfortunately, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, like, so here's a good experiment. And, you know, depending on who's listening, if, if you've been at your company for say 10 years and you consider yourself, you know, you know, a little bit of a veteran within, within your team, Maybe, you know, take the person who's been there less than three months out for a coffee or a tea or afternoon drink or whatever it is, and ask them for their honest, unfiltered point of view of the company that you both network for. And listening to someone who's been there three months, who is, you know, not emotionally attached yet to the company, and hopefully they're younger because, you know, they'll really be honest with you. I think it's great perspective, you know, for those who have been around a while too. It's like, you know, Mike, you're this company that we work for is this, this, and this, and we do this well, and we don't do this well. And you know, you you might be shocked to hear, you know, what, yeah. what that person has to say. And don't discount them because they've only been there three months. Actually, listen to them because they are probably more honest and more aware of what that truth of that company really is. Because you know, they're they're it's an unbiased point of view at them. They're still new. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. So anyway. I that's, love that. Yeah, I love I that. Say, I yes. think that's, I mean, that's very, like, that's very specific, tangible advice. I think that's a great idea for anybody listening. So I think that's, yeah. that's awesome. And it's the reasons why Alicia and I have a potato chip business today. <laughs> yeah. We, so yeah, if that, leads to, if that leads to your entrepreneurial journey, then 
Awesome. Good luck to you. Send send Jeff a check. That's what you're no. saying. <laughs> 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 the advice. Yeah. But uh no, that that's amazing. I think that's fantastic advice. Thank you, Jeff. I really, really appreciate you spending the time with me here today and, and chatting through some of your journey. And I've loved I loved the conversation with Alicia on the brand and loved hearing your perspective on it and your story as well. And just like wishing you both just tons of success. I think the brand will continue to be this rocket ship and continue to get more distribution. And, you know, everyone loves it. I know at trade shows, people are going around and eating it like crazy. And uh, <laughs> hopefully I see you at CHV East and I can have some. I think we'll we went there. by last time twice or three times by your booth to grab chips and we were only there one day. So and that's no, that. We, we're, ha- that's we're happy to host anyone at CHFA. So we will be there as well. But yeah, I look forward to seeing you there. And thank you for having me on. You guys are doing a great job here on the Hearts and Cards podcast. So big, avid listener. Keep up the great work, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much. We'll have a good rest of your night and we will uh, we'll chat soon. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Jeff, talk to you soon. Bye. Later. So, Alex, I know that uh, you couldn't make the time to be in this one, but for a guy that, you know, constantly talks about humble loves eating their chips i know this one this one hurt that you couldn't attend but uh but what do you think oh man it, it stinks um aside you know aside from the fact you guys were eating all sorts of great chips uh, <laughs> on, on that call um and i had mine ready uh, uh yes they are gone now but I, I had mine ready uh it was just a great conversation like i i think uh you know with you know how I felt after after we had the the first meeting with Alicia. You know, so I just think it's such an impressive brand. Yeah, I love the challenger mentality, and I, I think Jeff really, you know, um, really conveyed that again. And I I love this general um, humility. I know um, that that they they bring to what is a really hard problem, right? Like solving yeah. the plastic waste problem and um end of life uh for consumables is not an easy thing and i loved the authenticity of being like this is where we're not perfect and you know we need to continue to challenge but at the same time it would be so easy to just say let's not try and be better yeah and i think that that piece was super you know i find that really inspiring i think they're you know their their overall business is inspiring. I do love the Honey Dijon, Jeff. Um, I am hmm. torn as to whether I like the dill uh, or the Honey Dijon more. So we'll call it a tie for me. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, aside from making great products, doing great things for you know for pushing our industry forward, right? Like I, I just I'm a huge huge fan of that, and I thought there was just lots of other great nuggets in there. I will do his his end advice as well. Which, uh, you know, because I caught myself, I am actually that person who's 10 years in a company. And I said, I said something the last six months where I said, we've always done it that way. And I heard it come out of my mouth. (laughs) And, um, and I think it's important to, well, I heard it. I mean, I guess that's saying something, but, uh, but yeah, it's funny how that happens. Right. So um, I'm going to take that exercise of, of going out with, you know, someone who's early, in the company, you know, ideally someone with a little bit of CPG already and uh, in in their background and just see what they think, because I think that just opens your eyes to things you're not seeing. But overall, Jeff, sad I missed that. Uh, I'm sad I missed you at CSFA. Uh, I love what you guys do. Um, thank you for making delicious chips. I don't know, Justin, anything, uh, anything you want to layer on there? Yeah, I, I mean, I just think the world of, of Jeff and Alicia and what they're doing in the product and uh... I talked to a few different people at, at CHFA about just what I really enjoy about this podcast is meeting some of these people. There's there's products that we like and consume and humble potato chips, of course, fall into that category. It's something that I enjoyed before I met them. And then after meeting them, uh, both of them, like I, I just love the brand and love what they're doing. And just they're such great people that I just wish them a ton of success. And it makes me want to support them even more. So it's great when you have a product that you that's delicious, that's better for the environment, that's a little bit healthier for you, and then the people behind it are just so humble, or it's like the name, and just so wonderful, and you just wish nothing but the best for them. So 
huge thank you to Jeff for being on the show. Thank you to Alicia for being on the show previously. And I think in the future, we got to get a joint episode with both of them on. What do you think? It's a must do. It's a must do. It's a must do. Then it'd be four of us eating chips, which will be a lot of crunches, but you know, <laughs> it's what it is. We'll have to upgrade our microphones, get full, get that full 4D experience for our listeners. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, really, really great chat and, and just loved getting to know him better and getting to know the the business a little bit better. So a, a lot of fun. If you're still with us, thank you for listening. Thank you for continuing to um, you know, be a customer of ours and enjoy our product. We really appreciate you for listening. Please remember to give us those five-star reviews, like, subscribe, follow us on social. And you know, if you have any questions, comments, things you'd like to see different, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.